0: Mamas, welcome back to another episode of the not under mama podcast i'm phoenicia
1: and i'm ashley welcome
0: yes in all seriousness y'all this episode this week that we have for you is basically talking about postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety which are two things that ashley and i have dealt with throughout our pregnancy journey and even in our fourth trimester as they would call it which is the postpartum stage so um That being said, September is actually Suicide Awareness Month. So that's something that I was not aware of. Nope. Not aware. So September is Suicide Awareness Month. So this episode couldn't have been at a more like timing time. Okay. So um, me and Ashley have pulled together some great statistics for you to basically, um, go along with our experiences that we have had, not only as mothers, but as African-American women. So as we know, you know, us as Black women go through a lot when it comes to the pregnancy portion and also the, like, wellness portion of our Mm -hmm. pregnancy journey. So, Ashley, you can go ahead and get started, my girl, and tell folks what you have for us and your journey. Okay, y'all. So I want
1: to first start off by saying, you know, there is a distinct difference between postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, and they overlap. uh, they overlap, but you can also have postpartum anxiety and I have postpartum depression and vice versa. So yes. let's see, let's jump out with some, some facts, some factoids yes, for okay. us out here. Um, so the Cleveland clinic, um, has differentiated to what's the difference between postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression. If you have postpartum depression, y'all, you may experience excessive sadness, frequent crying, or you feel like you can't take care of yourself or your baby. You may have trouble finding joy in your baby, or you feel like you're incapable of being a parent. Postpartum anxiety is is associated with excessive worrying, not with sadness. If you feel panicked or overwhelmed with fearful thoughts, you may be suffering from postpartum anxiety. And I wanted to start there because I am in the middle of, um, going through postpartum anxiety. I am not through it. I have not been over the hill. I am right in the thick of this shit, y'all. And it is kicking my ass. Um, postpartum anxiety affects between 11% and 21% of people designated um, as female at birth. Um, again, this is from the clinic, Cleveland, (laughs) the Cleveland clinic. I always do that. Y'all get those two mixed up. Um, so, yeah, just to talk a little bit about what's been happening with me. So I should start by saying that I'm not traditionally an anxious person, right? Before getting pregnant, I just, you know, I have faith in myself and my abilities. And if issues were to arise and I could handle them, I could take care of them. There wasn't really any overall overacting imagination when it comes to anxiety. Um, And of course I had, you know, this normal anxiety like everyone would have, like, you know, for a presentation or maybe um, anxiety about um, being a new person or something unknown happening. I don't know, it's just just run the mill anxiety before I was pregnant. Um, And uh, Phoenicia and I were talking about this and I started to really think about when I started to see the anxiety creep in. And if I'm being honest, like it, it was even while I was pregnant, I mean, I was more depressed and anxious while I was pregnant, but there was, there was like these little things starting to creep in, you know, worries about my baby's future and worries if my baby was going to be born healthy, because as many of y'all know, I have fibroids. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if he would even, you know, be born full, like to make it to full term um, or if he was uh, going to make it, if he were going to be out any kind of defects or disabilities because the fibroids take up so much space in my uterus so i had those anxieties and they were scary but manageable you know i would talk to my doctor talk to my girlfriends and it would be like no you're okay you're fine you know we're gonna keep put keep this train going until as long as we can you're you're good and so i my, my fears were alleviated um but then y'all i had jabari and what started off as like like a little like a little like a little blip has turned into an iceberg you know like it really like you see the tip of the iceberg sticking out of the water and like beneath this is huge monolith of ice that is that is where i'm at right now like the tip of the iceberg is what you see me like functioning right now um but underneath that is this underlying anxiety like my kid is in the next room, and I am afraid of something bad happening to him, even when we're in the same house, maybe he's being watched by my mom, who is who's a terrific mother, and my dad's up there, my niece so he's protected my like my baby's surrounded, but I have these anxieties y'all, and at their worst, I think someone is breaking into my home to steal my baby. um I could be driving in my car with my baby in the back, and I'm thinking someone's gonna open up the door and take him away from me. Um, it's it's actually borders on paranoia like these types of yes. things um right like it's yes. it's yes. a paranoid yes. behavior like like these like these things are gonna befall like make like harm to your baby and mm. you know again at the height of my anxiety i i'm afraid to be alone with the with jabari because i'm afraid like what if i what if i slip and fall on uh, in the shower and I break my neck and I'm unable to get to my baby and he's wailing and he's alone and it's just the two of us you know like those right. things like these things that could happen but most likely will not happen right? right that's like I'm like in the middle of it right now and you know i it's it's a real struggle it's a real struggle between like The side of my brain that's like, everything's gonna be okay, everything's gonna be fine, versus the other side, like, oh no, something's gonna seriously harm your baby. Um, and I am looking for a therapist right now to help me deal with this because I is is critical. I'm not sleeping well. Um, I can't concentrate on most days. So that's where I am at, Phoenicia, friends in the podcast verse. Oh, so that's where I'm at right now in my postpartum anxiety. Yeah. Um, this
0: shit is it's real. A, it's, a, it's a thing. It is
1: happening right now. Um, and I'm working through ways to like get back on track to be healthy.
0: Yes. That's the thing. Like mental health is, oh my God. Ugh. Ugh. Mental health is like a never ending cycle of like uncertainties. Because... You can have good days, you can have bad days, like days like that's where you legit just feel like you are drowning in despair and sorrow. Yeah. And that's legit how I was feeling while I was pregnant. And just from just from the like very beginning, immediately, like when I found out I was pregnant, of course, to me I was like, shit, I don't wanna have this baby, like I'm mm-hmm. not in the place. To have a baby right now this ain't really on my agenda i wasn't planning on having no kids at 31 well i was 30 at the time but yeah so it was just a it was a shock to me because i was like Bitch, i'm fucking pregnant <laughs> <laughs> like, what like i'm i'm pregnant like i just I don't, under, like, I don't understand and first things first i definitely contacted the person and um when i contacted this person to tell them that i was pregnant like, his response was just, it made me feel like the scum of the earth.
1: Like, it wasn't
0: even, like, the best response or any, like, any type of response that a woman would think that she would get when she told someone that she was pregnant. Like, it was just, yeah. Mm. That really started the entire entire cycle because then I started to feel like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and move forward with this abortion. So, calling around, trying to get an appointment for this and that and that or whatnot. But then talking to um, my good friend of mine, she basically said, take like, take your time to think it through Mm -hmm. and think about it before you make the decision. Because one thing you don't want to do is make a decision off of impulse. And that is. So I took my time, um, but I still like kind of had things in line in regards to like wanting to move forward with the abortion. So that was on the back burner for now. So then I mean, moving forward, fast forward, I decided to keep my baby, okay? and Spoiler alert. Right. (laughs) I decided to keep my baby. And it's crazy because when they say the first time you see and hear a heartbeat, it literally changes your entire perspective Mm -hmm. on it. And not to be like, not to be funny or try to bring, <laughs> try to bring ignorance to the situation. But it's like if I would have known that, I would have not gone to get an ultrasound. Like I would have not gone. To get girl, that.
1: that is the realest shit
0: you've ever <laughs> said, right? I, Lucky. girl, for real. If I would have known that attachment literally would have came the exact moment that I heard my baby's heartbeat, I definitely like i would have said fuck it i'm not going to get no damn ultrasound i'm not going to get no type of well women's exam or anything like that but of course i mean i believe when you actually do the abortion process they do allow you to like hear the heartbeat i believe right i think something like that or it's probably towards the end when they actually show you that the process has started and the baby's heartbeat starts to, like, slow down. Like, that shit would have oh, killed me.
1: Uh, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> exactly. Mm. Like, the thought, like, I don't know, like, I've never been through the process of having an abortion or anything like that. Now, granted, now, Ashley, you don't even know this, but I've had a miscarriage before. Oh, baby, like, I didn't know that at all. It was, like, a very, like, early on, like, miscarriage. So I was 16 years mm-hmm. old, child, and I believe I was, like... Two weeks, two weeks pregnant or something like that. And I just, I had a, I had a miscarriage, but I thought that it was, you know, like a regular life cycle because it was blood, it was bleeding, you know, whatever, but it wasn't like a horrible experience oh that's associated yeah. with the miscarriage. But so yeah, child, it's like in dealing with all of that and then now coming to the realization, okay, well shit, I'm pregnant, like for, like for real, for real, this time, like I took a pregnancy test, like I did yeah. know. And moving forward, having that ultrasound, and then um, starting to try to include the dad in the picture, that's where my depression really fell into into place in regards to my pregnancy. I was already depressed before I got pregnant because I was dealing with homesickness, and then I was also dealing with imposter syndrome and trying to figure out what the fuck do I do, what the fuck do I want to do with my life right now, because granted
1: yeah
0: girl i done made this move to arizona i done took this like courageous ass move and this risk and i done picked up every fucking thing that i had to my name and moved it to tucson and i still feel like i'm not enough so like dealing with all of that and then on top of that girl you found out you are pregnant yep what the fuck is going on right now right (laughs) right I just had all of these plans and I'm thinking, shit, I was about to like move to Phoenix. I was about to do this and that and that. I was about to do more stuff with my job. And now all of that stuff is on hold because now it's not just me I'm thinking about, it's this little person. So I'm trying to include the dad on everything and he's just being a complete dick from start to finish. And I just kept trying to you know, keep that door open you know, in hopes that something will happen. But then, me being me, if you don't step up to the plate, bitch, I'm going to step up 10 times more.
1: Hello. Because, hello.
0: like, I didn't have time to waste on you. And granted, you know, while I was in Arizona at that time, if I wanted to get an abortion, we could only get it up to 14 weeks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So, this was still in that time when I was thinking, you know, okay, so what are the pros? What are the cons? You know, I can still get the abortion, but, I, you know, whatever. So, And deciding to keep the baby, that puts everything in overdrive. Now I'm just like, I have to get back to Houston. So I have to find a way to get all my shit back to Texas. I have to find a way to get all my appointments in and make sure that I'm good before I get back home. Like even just that and dealing with the OB situation, like I wasn't able to see an OB until I was three months pregnant. And that within itself was a stressful situation because I kind of felt like the people who I had um before or prior to my OB that I finally found, it was just like there was no bedside manner.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: they didn't necessarily know how to address pregnant women. They didn't know how to care for pregnant women. And it just seemed like it was another day on the job for them. Mm-hmm. Like, granted, I mean, for my situation, I was probably like, bitch, I'm ready to get this shit over with. Let's like, just tell me what the fuck is happening. I can the fuck up off this bitch. <laughs> But to anybody else, to anybody else who I've been there and was like, I've been trying to get pregnant like for the longest and this is finally happening. And you sitting up here treating the shit like it's just like another ultrasound. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the excitement? Where is the like optimism for this person that's laying on this bed here seeing their baby for the first time? Like, I didn't feel any of that with any of my ultrasound texts. And it was even to a point to where I had got a like a really disturbing call and somebody was telling me, you know, something about blood count levels or whatever. I think it's, is it your H, is HGL levels or H What, girl, the, yeah. okay. <laughs> One of them levels that has to do like with the pregnancy hormones to find a pregnancy hormone and the percentage of it. So if the percentage is increasing, that definitely means that you're pregnant. If it decreases, that means that you're happy. Yes.
1: This. Yes.
0: I remember, yes. uh, I know what you're talking about now.
1: Yes. Like at the very oh,
0: beginning, they do these, like yes. this, this level C mm-hmm. tests. Yeah, exactly. So when I was doing all that blood work and stuff, this lady basically calls me and gives me my results and I wasn't able to answer the phone at the time. So she left a voicemail. And bitch, when I say this woman called and left a voicemail on my phone, that was so alarming. Basically making it seem like something was wrong. But lo and behold, like she was just telling me, you know, that my levels were, you know, pretty high or whatever. Like, I'm not like, I don't know what the fuck that means. Like, can you explain? Like It's my first pregnancy. So it's like shit like that. Like mm-hmm. that would make you extremely anxious and it would make you feel like something is legit wrong with your baby. Because you don't know what all these levels mean. Like, what the fuck does it mean that my levels are super high? Like, okay, can you go into more detail? But, yeah, girl, like, shit like that, that made me more depressed. That made me extremely anxious. But then, thank God, when I finally found my OB, um, before I left Tucson, she was amazing. So, that was the first time I was able to actually, like, have a printout of my baby on the ultrasound or whatnot. So, I was able to see him and stuff like that. So... Yeah, girl. Like, the OB situation definitely contributed to, like, 50% of my, like, depression throughout my pregnancy. Right. Like, it was just, it was crazy. And I don't think people understand, like, we don't come into offices knowing what the fuck to ask. Hello,
1: like, you know it really like, first time mommy really means first time mommy i don't i, I hadn't been researching this shit because i hadn't planned on getting pregnant it's not like i had like this store of information in me mm-hmm. like i had been researching for years just on the off chance i did get knocked up no that's, right. that's not what happened
0: i didn't know a damn exactly. thing exactly you know girl and, and it just, it's it's it was just so annoying to me. Like I understand every time when you get to the point where they have to ask, like if you have seen somebody new, they may not know. So they're like, okay, is this your first pregnancy? And I'm like, yes. And then they'll go into detail about things that you may expect so on and so forth. But then you have some people where it's just like, Okay, is this your first pregnancy? And I'm like, yes. And they ask you questions as if you're supposed to know the shit,
1: right? Right? They kind of be like, oh, cause you're because you're a mommy, or you are gonna be a mom? That like you all of a sudden have like this wealth of information, this automatic, they just like this pops up in your brain. As soon as you, you're your mom, like as soon as you're mom, you're pregnant. You're like, all right, mommy, let's make these decisions. It's just like first, exactly. uh, me, mommy, mommy, and second of all, like I don't know, the fuck, I'm doing. Help me out here, you yeah? know? Right. So it's crazy for me. It yeah. is
0: it's for us i feel like being first-time moms there's an allowance of ignorance when it comes to i agree you know, pregnancy like because we legit didn't know anything about bringing this little person into the world all we knew was okay well shit well what do i do next like i know i have to feed it but okay change the diaper and shit like right. that and you what, know what happened like what about the health aspect of it what about us so in that, let's get to this stat right quick. Okay. So, mm-hmm. according to the CDC, much like major depression, postpartum depression is a relatively common condition affecting roughly one in eight women. However, the risk is 1.6 times higher for Black women than any other demographic. And hmm. basically, postpartum depression can develop due to several causes, including hormonal changes, stress and anxiety, and even sleep deprivation. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I'm not surprised. Once again, modern medicine fails Black women, right? Like, of mm-hmm. course, we are most impacted by postpartum depression. And it's like, you know, the research is out there, the medical community has admitted this, but like, they don't know a damn thing about Black women, it seems, right? right. Like, there's all these discrepancies between... Black women's health and white women's health. And right. you know, it, it, these these things are real, they exist. Like we are the walking embodiment of these healthcare discrepancies and, and lack of research on women's bodies, on Black women's bodies, right? Exactly. Like, there's a lot, and I don't, I, I don't think people understand too, like this conversation is gonna come in a later episode, but you know, there is that stress of raising a, a black boy in today's society, we're raising mm-hmm. a black boy to be like you know the black men, and right. so it, these these things, these uh, the effects of racism and inadequate uh, health providers and income disparities, these things have an impact on you. These things really right. do manifest themselves postpartum, and so my surprise that we are like really suffering along um in like a in a in a three wheeled wagon when it comes to uh postpartum depression it really is
0: but this is a travesty. The thing, this is where like advocating for yourself comes in too yes but like, that's a huge thing so even throughout the postpartum depression and the anxiety just advocating for yourself throughout your pregnancy period is a huge thing because that's one thing that I had to learn how to do for myself during my pregnancy is advocate for myself. Yep, when it came to my birth plan, how I wanted to give birth to my baby. I had already had it in my mind, like God, I really want to be able to have my baby vaginally. That's one thing, because in doing like the research myself and knowing like what complications can come from, you know, cesareans and then anything else that they may possibly try to do, it's kind of like, eh, yeah, I want to you know have my baby vaginally or whatnot. So, in doing all of that, and then like all the things like from A to Z child, like how I wanted my room to be laid out. Did I want my baby to have skin to skin contact with me immediately? Did I want an epidural? Did I want them to do oxytocin? Yeah. Like yeah. all type of stuff. And, you know, granted, no disrespect to any doctors out there, but sometimes y'all be doing the most. Like, yes, you, know, you do, girl. Listen, Because it's like you all tell us that this is our pregnancy and we can definitely like do things as we see fit. But then when we ask you all questions about certain stuff or we have things laid out and we're asking you for your like, I don't want to say approval, but we're kind of like giving you the okay to say, well, this is my plan. Like, do you have any questions about it? You all come back at us and basically make it seem like, oh, well, that's impossible. I don't think we can do that.
1: And it's like what, like what like then like am I gonna have it my way or not? If y'all already have y'all this decision made up, just do the damn thing. Don't be asking me shit. You
0: exactly. know? Like I done sat here and did this entire fucking plan and you gonna sit up here and give me two uh, two letters N and out. <laughs> really? But you were sitting up here asking me asking me what my birth plan is, but they're tell me no.
1: Girl, you know what? I would say like that, the whole birth plan thing, I I don't know. Like my birth plan was I had to have C section, right? So they're like that's that's the extent of your plan but let's let's do like some little niceties let's let's, just throw some shit on the side like do you want a clear curtain to separate you from um like be able to see the 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 baby being pulled out i'm like i don't fucking care like clear or not i don't i don't care you know like you know they make it seem like well, like hurting from my bathroom for all
0: i care (laughs) i don't give a damn
1: you know like the important things I want. I want the important things. Like they made sure I had skin to skin contact mm-hmm. and whatnot, and uh, like you know who who's the person that's going to be in the room with you. Can they make medical decisions on your behalf? Which is my mom, and of course I let her do that shit. Yeah. But it's like some. There was something. It was kind of like with you. Like they asked me a question, and my my um, team was like, "No, we're not doing that." And I'm like, why the hell is this is this on this form? Why, it was- have- why is Why is it option? Right. See? It was. <laughs> yes. It was like. <sighs> Like, listen, I won't be upset if y'all want to take the reins, okay? I'm a first-time mom, but don't play these games with me. Do not have me exactly. and, like, you know,
0: put this emotional investment into these damn questions exactly. and y'all being all, like, you know? Instead, taking the reins. Now, let's talk about that, okay? Now, them taking over. One thing we don't want to do is for a doctor to think that they have complete control over True. the situation if we don't know what's going on. If you're not going That's to explain experience- me. Mean yes mm-hmm. if you're not yeah. going to explain to me what the hell that means i don't want it because my doctor key tried to do me like that now fast forward y'all i was talking about my ob here in houston okay yep. spoiler alert i moved from tucson to houston, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so my ob here in houston legit tried to like override stuff and tell me things that i needed but she didn't like explain what those things were to me Like, it was kind of like she expected for me to be a yes woman Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not ask because I was a first-time mom. So let's, like, let's address the elephant in the room. Why are y'all taking advantage of first-time moms as if we're just, like, legit the most ignorant people on this earth who don't know anything? Now, granted, like I said, there is a level of ignorance to being a first-time mom but don't sit up here and legit try to make it seem like I don't have a right to know certain things or I should walk in a room already knowing these things. And if I don't ask, you're not going to address them. Like what is right. it? Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. And you're right. Thank you for
1: clarifying that. she's like, right. Your, your doctor needs to take the reins in, in situations or emergencies, right? Like if, right. I'm, if I'm bleeding out, there's don't be asking me what the hell I should be doing. Like, Fix the damn problem, doctor. You know, like don't don't do this. Don't play these games. But you're right. There are some circumstances where I think doctors, like, like, you know, the doctor-patient relationship is a partnership in a right. sense, right? That's what that's what we need to understand. That's what everyone out there should understand. If you're listening, especially your first-time mom, think of it as a partnership. It is not because this person is massively educated, they have a say over like. Uh, every single aspect of how you move your body throughout um, this pregnancy. That is not what this is at, at all. And especially right. if you just are, like bring it full circle with this whole discussion we're having of having a postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, a lot of your anxieties, a lot of your insecurities around pregnancy it will be resolved if you speak up for yourself. If you tell doctor, yeah, hey, yeah, you know is. what? You do not yeah. want to go home at night, lay your head on the bed, think I should have said this, should have said that. And here it is. Another four fucking weeks before I see this doctor again for a checkup. No, a lot, again, a lot of your anxieties, it would be put to rest if you realize it's a partnership between you and your doctor and you still have mm-hmm. a say over what goes on with your body. And I kind of feel like I I don't know if I told you this if when I when I was here. I actually switched doctors like two months out from my from my um, C section date. <laughs> Did I tell you about
0: this? No, I was trying to do the same shit, you I was trying to get the fuck rid of my OB. Okay, like I was trying yes. to get rid of her before yeah. my baby got here. But I mean, unfortunately, there is like some type of liability to where yeah. you know they don't want to deal with a patient if you are so far along in your pregnancy because if something were to happen they don't want to miss anything they don't have your full
1: record because you're just you just moved over to them exactly exactly girl Mm -hmm. my my it was like you're talking about you're talking about like like natal anxieties natal depression part of my depression i think by during pregnancy was the doctor i was stuck with she was the doctor who had did my my myomectomy so for y'all y'all don't know myomectomy is when they take the fibroids off your uterus and so when i found out i was pregnant i went back to this doctor thinking like she has my my history with the myomectomy and so um, she can help deliver this baby, but like, I just forgot one key point about this doctor, and it's that she is fucking, like, flighty like she ain't arrogant too like flying arrogant like she will come into these appointments and stay like literally three minutes right like three minutes with me and hey, i hate hey, that I shit thank you, hey, my- okay.
0: you gonna sit here thank and talk to, me.
1: Sit here, talk to me like even my mom my mom came one time to see like just see what, what we can do about getting this doctor to sit still for fucking 20 minutes to answer some questions and she did the same thing she said me for maybe five minutes oh you're okay ashley you're okay I am a high risk pregnancy, not because of my age, but because I have these fibroids. Sit your ass down and talk to me, okay? So I would leave these appointments not satisfied, fearful, y'all, anxious and scared of the future. And so finally, like my baby, my C-section was supposed to happen in May. March, March 1st, I went to a new OBGYN at at a a medical hospital and they immediately, immediately pounced on me. I mean, pouncing the go away like they had a whole team of women mm-hmm. to take mm-hmm. care of me. And every single appointment since like I went March 1st and then I, I was going every two weeks and then every week and then multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. I was sitting with those midwives and doctors for like 20, 25 minutes. Like, they were not messing around. They listened yeah. to me, listened to my mom. There's an online portal where you can type in questions so that you're not sitting there awake with worry in the middle of the night about your pregnancy. Like, you could just type out the questions and they would get back to you in a timely manner. Like, these are the types of things that I think made the later half of my pregnancy so bearable. Because yeah. y'all know between Phoenicia and I, like, we, we're, we're upfront about this. We hated pregnancy. it was not a fucking walking apart. It was the worst thing and I really really do think like going to these new team of doctors um to handle like this high risk pregnancy just it immediately took out like that that level of of worry that first doctor I had she's the reason I think that women and women of color die on operating tables because they are arrogant like she's arrogant she thought that she could like there was no team it was just her, and like she was not listening to. You know, I'd like asking about my fibroids and what they're doing to the baby. And she'd be like, Well, you know, we can't do much about it. You know, I'm like, I know we can't do much about it, but but like, I don't want to hear that. Tell me, tell me what's going on in there and that my baby is going to be okay. And then when I'll ask this new team of doctors, these nurses, about what's going on with the fibroids and what's it doing to my baby, they'd be like, You know what? These are the risks, but also keep in mind, where there's life, there's a way. Your baby's gonna make a way. Your baby, and like that's the shit you wanna hear.
0: Oh, yes,
1: you know, like my like and like and again, after struggling with depression, and anxiety for a full pregnancy, almost a full pregnancy, like to hear that level of optimism, you're just like, thank you. Like seriously, like I'm I'm laying my head down. and I, I'm getting excited about this whole birthing process. Finally, all because they wanted to take the time to listen. Um, And I think I trusted my doctors. I I lucked out, I I, I trusted them, I ended up trusting them in a way I did not trust my first um, OB um, GYN. So yeah, girl, like, hey, the the doctors are doctors are literally half the issue when it comes to dealing with um, (laughs) depression, anxiety, and pregnancy, but we really need to talk about like, post, like what happened. After yeah. we had, like, I I explained my anxiety, but you, I if if it's not too much for you, I can you tell us how it was for you, Phoenicia? Like at the height of your depression, postpartum depression. Once you had your baby in your arms, like how how
0: bad was it for you? So let's just start with the day I was getting discharged from the hospital. So the day I got discharged from the hospital, I did not leave with my baby. Um, he had to be taken to the NICU immediately after giving birth because he had ingested too much amniotic fluid or it's just a fluid that basically fills your stomach when you're pregnant. It's like a, um, like a lubrication somewhat. And when you give birth, this bag basically like it pops, this is, this is the water that breaks. So he ingested too much of that. And, um, they took him immediately to the uh, to the NICU. So in dealing with that, I knew my baby was going to be okay. I didn't think anything was going to be, you know, wrong with him, nothing like that. It was just a matter of, dang, like I didn't get the chance to like really cuddle with my baby after he got here, after he was born. Of course, like I saw him, they laid him on my chest for a little bit, but then it's like they took him and like whisked him away. And my mom and my sister were the only two people that really saw him in the NICU until they like got him together and cleaned up. And then that's when I went in to see him. But the day I was getting ready to leave the hospital, I couldn't leave with him. And actually, when I got home later on that night, I broke down crying. Like all the emotions Mm -hmm. that I felt throughout my entire pregnancy came and they whooped my fucking ass I was thinking about legit every single thing i went through throughout my pregnancy with this person who didn't basically give a damn about my health this person who didn't give a damn about my like my well-being like the fact that i was even pregnant like nothing basically the only thing that this person was worried about was whether or not my baby was gonna have his last name so you don't give a damn that my baby is in a NICU. He has a feeding tube. You didn't even ask what that feeding tube was for. Was for like nothing. God forbid. Like thank you Jesus. Nothing like traumatic happens to my baby, but it's like just seeing him with that feeding tube broke me down. Like damn, I should have breastfed. Like maybe if I would have breastfed him, he wouldn't need no fucking breathe. Like no fucking feeding tube. Like just thinking about all the stuff and feeling like I failed my baby. And more importantly, I failed as a mother, I failed myself. So I'm at home and I'm just thinking about all the shit is going through my head and I'm sitting there and I remember asking, um, asking my mama, like, Ma, do you think I made the right decision? Like, do you think I'm going to be a good mother? Cause I don't feel like I'm like, I'm, I'm a good mom right now. I don't feel like it at all. And not to discredit my mom or anything like that, I love my mom to death, but my mom comes from a um, generation where they don't talk about like mental illness and mental health. They don't talk about therapy. They don't necessarily know how to address certain things without coming off harshly, or they don't know how to be as emotionally available as we may feel like our parents should be. And I mean, unfortunately, like, my mom didn't really, like, give me the response that I was expecting. And at this point, when I was asking her that, like, I legit just, like, I was bawling crying at this point. Like, I couldn't breathe. Like, I was crying myself sick. Like, it was not running down. Like, I was just, I was losing it. Like, I was having a legit breakdown. And the only thing my mom could tell me in that moment was, Phoenicia, like, stop crying. I hate to see you crying like this. Hmm. And... It was already hard for me to express. Excuse me. It was already hard for me to express how I felt. Like it's already hard for me to legit express my feelings in general on a day-to-day basis. But the one moment where I'm extremely open and mm-hmm. vulnerable, the one person who I thought could give me that sense of optimism, that sense of comfort, could only tell me, "I don't want to see you cry. Like stop don't cry. Crying. Don't cry." You know. So that moment within itself really, um, that hurt. And at this point, the only thing that could really bring me joy was the fact that um, I had gotten a call from the hospital from, um, or no, I had called the hospital and I had asked them about the status of baby to see how he was doing. And um, I I believe this was the next day and they told me that everything had cleared up. His lungs were nice and clear. They didn't see anything wrong, and I could get my baby home.
1: Oh my gosh!
0: When I say that was the only thing that brought me like joy and happiness within that moment, that was it. That was I didn't it. care about what else, but going to the hospital and picking up my baby and being in that moment of vulnerability. I don't know. It was just at that moment you just you feel like any fucking thing can happen at this moment, and I'll break. Like if one more thing happens, yes, like, girl. Um, I'm going to fucking like, I'm going to lose, lose my
1: shit. I'm going to lose right. my fucking shit. Like I really mean, right. I'm not being funny. Like I, it's, it's, it's going to
0: go downhill from here. I mean, I burned this right. whole fucking place down kind of thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. So at that moment, that's exactly how I felt. Like if one more fucking thing happens, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And even just after that, like after getting my baby home and getting adjusted. And that's another thing too. I really feel like people only say that motherhood is hard because they are trying to make the baby adjust to them rather than adjust to the baby. Right. That's a good and point, yeah. I say that because you legit, like you like it's this little person and you want them to be on a schedule quote unquote, <laughs> <laughs> you want them to be on a schedule and you want them to do certain things at a certain time. You want to get your rest, but you have to realize like you all are adjusting to each other. It's not just a one way thing. Yep. So I had to definitely like let that shit go. Like there are going to be some times where I know I'm not going to get enough sleep, but I'll sleep when I need to. I sleep mm-hmm. when I have to or whatever. But it's just like when I learned to let the shit go and just uh, like adjust to him and let him like direct me and guide me, shit started falling into place. Like I was able to get more sleep at night because God gave me a child that legit does not wake up through the night. How much more luckier could I have gotten with this baby? Like he doesn't wake up throughout the night. He doesn't need a bottle at night. Like he just falls asleep and he does not wake up until legit like seven or eight o'clock the next morning. And boom, we're starting our day or he'll go back to sleep. But Yeah, like I just legit had to learn how to let that go. So that definitely helped with the depression and things like that. Just learning how to let go of certain shit and letting go of this damn perfection Mm
1: -hmm. or this sense of
0: perfection that people try to put on first-time moms. Or really, I don't want to say perfection, but pressure Pressure. that people put on first-time moms when it comes to things. Like I understand giving advice, but sometimes that shit needs to be like kept away like don't give me no more fucking advice at this point because you're not helping you're hindering me and i'm already on edge my anxiety is already through the roof and you're telling me about something else that i need to be doing for my baby or the fact that me not breastfeeding is why my baby is having these problems if you don't get the fuck out of my baby yeah (laughs) that's
1: that's a reason why i had to like stop going and like reading, like look at the mommy blogs and the mommy like, Instagram posts. Plural. Because that yeah. shit will have that shit has my anxiety. Like, like, okay, so check it, like, as black women, we already have we put pressure on ourselves. We we already have to outperform like our mm-hmm. white counterparts. Like we like, like we're constantly like having to outperform even the most mediocre person. So if you're walking to a room with a black woman, most likely she is excelling and and doing 15 different things that ones you don't even know about, because right. that's what we are. We just handle business and we just, we, we take care of things and we're professional and we're on point. And then add that, that's the pressure we already put on ourselves. Then add right. that, that pressure and expectation of being a first time mom and people giving you unsolicited advice and you feel like you're going to pull your hair out. I had to stop listening to the mommy blogs and the mommy podcasts because They, they, it really is this undertone on those blogs. Like you're a terrible mom. You're messing up your child for life. If you don't, you know, feed your kid organically raised in the sun, fed with tears of unicorns uh kale you know like the, you're the worst fucking mom what do you mean you don't give your kid unicorn juice every night you fucking loser mom like you're like <laughs> am i you're like, you're like you're like am i a loser i'm a fucking terrible mom for not give my kid unicorn juice every night like it, you and you go to bed with that shit if you think about that shit is on your fucking heart and your mind so like i'm with you girl like man shut the fuck up if you don't just tell me i'm doing a good job that's all i want to hear from you if i ask exactly. you for advice okay But don't, no, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I really, I can't, I can't,
0: you know? And I'm telling you, for somebody who's already going through the situation and not feeling like they're adequate enough, you're just like putting like more shit on top of the shit that we're already drowning in. So it's just like dealing with that, dealing with the unsolicited advice and stuff. Like eventually I just became numb to everything and I started to dissociate myself from a lot of people a lot of, like, friends who I used to talk to, I don't really talk to them anymore. Like, it's just a lot of transitioning. That's the thing. Like, I was going through transition after fucking transition after Mm -hmm. fucking transition. And it's like, I became pregnant and a mom at a time where I was legit going through a fucking life transition, and now I have the biggest of the biggest fucking transitions happening right now at this moment in trying to live this new life as a mom. So... People really just do not understand the pressure that comes with that. Like the pressure that you put on yourself, because now you know, you're not only responsible for you, you're responsible for this person. So that's one thing that I was really worried about. I was like, fuck, I don't want my baby to be born into depression. Yes, girl. to, To feel these things, like not even just in the womb, but outside. Like for a moment, I wasn't even emotionally attached to my baby. Like, that was one thing that really hurt me the most, too. Like, during my pregnancy and after my pregnancy, sometimes I would not be emotionally, like, available or present with my baby. I would still be in a daze and somewhere else in a different, like, world thinking about other things. Like, my mind was so tore up. I couldn't even fathom the fact that I have this little person that's laying next to me in this bassinet just living his best life, sleeping peacefully while my mind is, like... Going 1,000 miles per hour And I don't even know if I'm going to be alive the next day It just It got so bad to where I just I did not want to be here Like I felt like I was better off dead I did I felt like I was better off dead And the only oh, thing that friend. really saved me The only thing that saved me From not like moving forward Taking my life was knowing that my baby Would have to be without His dad and his mommy So that's the thing. So, you know, it's like I'm taking on this. Well, I don't want to say I'm taking on his load because I can't be a father to my baby. I don't know what the fuck that takes. But it's just like it's just another like heightened level of like responsibility for this baby. And I have to be mommy. I only know how to be a mom. I can't be a dad to my baby. But thank God that he has... A support system and a tribe that stepped up and has stepped in. Like he has amazing godparents who look after him and give him the world, child. Like whenever they want to come and see him, whenever they want to come and take him for a weekend. I don't say like I don't even think twice. Sure, you can come over and see him. Sure, he can spend the night with you. Like, because I trust you. Like, there's a reason why I'm you his godparents and that's another conversation we got to have child like godparents like you have to have people surrounding you who you know are going to have your front your back your side like any angle where they can see you need help i got you if you need somebody to talk to i got you and thank god i had those people but it really took for me to have a baby to really figure out who was really there for me yeah girl
1: Girl, that is, that is, you know, your are you want to know who your true friends are out there, ladies, non, non mommy ladies, um, um, have a baby, have a baby, right. and you'll see really fast like it'll be quickly apparent who is your friend and who is it like, I know this until you talk to me I'm so I am so like I cannot wait till I get to that point. I have not spent a night away from jabari yet I have not i can't I just again this is that anxiety right this is why I need to right. like I'm working with a the therapist oh it's just like go. yeah i i i do i do I do need to give myself the time right um, but I do want to get to a point where I have this healthy a healthy um what would I say approach to being separated from him. Right now, mm-hmm. the thought of being separated from him, I'm just like, if I'm going to separate myself from him, then again, that's when the world falls apart. And that's when, yeah. you know, I get the baby back in the casket, which is a thought just, I just can't, just fucking can't. Um, yeah. It's just a, a bridge right. too far for me at the moment. You know, that's just, a, it's, a, it's so, again, I am not this person, which is, and maybe I am, like, I just, you know, that's one thing I tell myself, like, this is where I'm at. This is the fucking season I'm in. I need to respect mm-hmm. that. And I'm not gonna be like a slave to the season forever, but I need to respect like this is where I'm at. And, through and, and, it. and just get through it. Exactly. And you know, like I I gotta stop being Blow through it. So hard on myself. So like I you know, I we didn't do a trigger warning, y'all, and we're at the beginning of this episode. It. We are so sorry about that because i was like because Felicia, you were telling by like, like you was like you like i left my baby like i you know i left the hospital about my baby and i was like i don't think i can hear this i don't think i can do this right now i almost um, cried this into your story friend i'm so sorry like i'm just like i want to hold my friend like oh my god i don't i hate that you had to go through that i i'm like i don't yeah. want to hear this story and shit like that like this is like girl
0: like like I mean it is and it's still a process like that's why when anybody asks me like legit like how am I feeling from day to day like how do I feel and I just tell them like it's literally a day by day process I'm taking yeah. it day by day because no day is the same I can't tell you you know that I'm extremely happy at this point or whatever because I mean I'm not but I mean thank God for medication as well like we don't talk about that enough no nope. like being okay with being on medication when it comes to your mental health because i for sure that was the last thing on my mind was getting on medication when i was going through my depression stages or whatever even during pregnancy my doctor prescribed me medicine for anxiety because i told her the shit that i was going through with sperm donor so um i told her about that and she was like okay listen if you would like I have this option for you if you want to try this and I was like okay yeah no not right now but it wasn't until I was literally at my wits end and I was like okay Fanisha you need to come to the realization that you can't try to do everything by yourself it is okay like there are ways to help counteract your depression yeah. while also being on this medication so I decided to tell my OB, like, okay, I'm going to move forward with the medication. What do I have to do? So I got on the medication. And so far, everything is amazing. Like, I feel amazing. I feel optimistic. I feel hopeful. Same thing. Don't, 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 don't. Uh, Yeah.
1: Oh, girl, I, please. No, we like, we like synonyms around here. Go ahead, girl. Do all <laughs> the synonyms. Optimistic, hopeful, positive, positive.
0: <laughs> cheery <laughs> <laughs> i feel hopeful like i feel all of those things like that medication was the best decision i have made in my postpartum journey was to decide to get on medication because now i feel like the clarity that i needed i have that now i'm able to legit like zone in and see things without having so many fucking like self-inflicted voices in my head and things telling me you can't do this things saying you're not worthy of this things saying you're a horrible mom things saying you do need the dad things saying that you can't make it without him like girl like all the shit it literally like just it has subsided like right now when i say like i can see the fucking end and the light at the tunnel i can see it and (laughs) it's good Anybody who is legit, like listening to this podcast and you're afraid of being on medication, just know that one thing I'm going to say is do your research. If they tell you about a certain medication that they want to put you on, research it for yourself first before you agree to be on a medication. Look at the side effects. All medication comes with side effects, regardless if people want to believe it or not. I mean, with my medication I'm on right now, it makes me sleepy. So I know that I need to only take it at night. And if I take it during the day, bitch, I ain't gonna be able to get nothing done. But if you take it at night, just know that sometimes you may have a little bit of a headache. Sometimes you may have grogginess or whatever, but eat a little light meal before you take it and you are good. Like things like that. Like a lot of times people don't tell you how to counteract certain symptoms to medication. And then it's like you're stuck with these fears and these worries and nobody is telling you. Like there's a way to get around that. Like, don't be scared of the medication. And I know people are scared to get on it as well because you feel like you're going to be extremely dependent on it. But that's why for me, I did the lowest dosage yeah. possible. And with the lowest dosage possible, hell, I'm seeing like a complete 180. And I'm just on 25 milligram. That is the smallest dosage of this medicine that I'm currently taking. So. And just like, just imagine at what it can do for you if you decided to go this route. I mean, if y'all want more information about a child, y'all can hop in my DMs and I'll tell you. But just know (laughs) that medication is an amazing, amazing alternative and an amazing thing if you want to utilize that throughout your um, mental health journey. So yeah child like medication for me the one thing that i was so against is the one thing that's keeping me on top of this ground right now
1: i'm like you know what (laughs) it's, it's such a hopeful thing to hear because i'm as as soon as possible, when I see my PCP, I'm mean, like, I need a I need an anti uh, not an anti-anxiety pill. That's exactly what I need. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I like this covers this part of our conversation because like you're moving into what I wanted to talk about too. it's like you know we we this is like a pretty heavy episode talking about postpartum depression and and things that have uh, like led to this, and then you know our anxieties. Um, but there's also a moment in time where, you know, you have to heal. And we're both in like in these processes. Mm-hmm. And I liked how you brought up the medicine, like, take the damn pill, y'all, because as much as you know, as much as much chitter chatter as there is around like, you know, like putting foreign objects into your body, sh that shit works. You know, that shit yeah. fucking works. And it, it, it like you said, yeah. it keeps you it keeps you going another day. Um, but I also wanted, you know, to acknowledge as well that um you know, be kind to yourself. I just did it just now, where I was—I wanted to talk shit about myself, and I was like, you know what? Respect the season that I'm in. Be fucking kind to yourself. Like we said earlier, yeah. there's all types of information being thrown at you, and there's people making you who are going to make you feel shit about being a mother, whether you're booed up, whether you're single, right? And like, but but we have to give ourselves the leeway um, to uh, to like really.
0: Give yourself room.
1: Give yourself room. <laughs> Understand where you're at, and just give yourself the fucking room. That also means you, some of us gotta like cut some folks out of our lives. And
0: yes, you know, I'm like,
1: yeah. And that girl, I just want to say too, like you know, like y'all, this stuff right here, like <laughs> we let it break us. We're not gonna let it
0: break us. We. We're gonna, we're gonna keep gonna break our souls over here, okay? We
1: we're gonna get through this shit, y'all. That is the that is the one thing I have noticed about like, coming out of the end of like my pregnancy, a terrible pregnancy, to getting to where I'm at right now, even dealing with postpartum anxiety. Like, I I have realized that you know, as much as there is about black women and us being resilient and us always having like keep our chin up through like bullshit, there is something to be said about like being able to to get back up. On your two fucking feet. Yeah, I was okay. down for a minute. I had to rest for a minute. I was laid out on my side for a minute. But y'all, I'm back on my two feet, and that's why no. I'm proud of myself for, like getting through this. Like, and it get, it's always a journey. It is always going to be that. But like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, because there are those moments where I just like, I just, I just don't want to get out of bed. I just don't want to cook. I just don't want to clean. Like, I had those deep moments, but I am so proud of how far I've come. Um, in this journey, you know, scary as it is, you know, back on my feet and keep going, shit. Yes. We move. We move, girl. Hello. Hello. I mean, the dusties can stay they raggedy asses back there because they ain't shit, never going to be shit, you know, but like we fucking move. We got to, we got to keep moving forward. That's what I'm going to do for my baby, you know, more for him than for myself, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Two mothers just
0: trying to figure the shit
1: out. Y'all know the tagline. Y'all know the tagline. We're just trying to figure this shit out. You know? That's what we're doing. That's <laughs> and like you know, we were talking about this too, Phoenicia Fuck the haters. Like a lot of y'all team have opinions about single moms and single motherhood, but you know, we ain't going nowhere.
0: Well, we're I'm thriving. <laughs> we're here. Shit. This is the best thing. <laughs> we're he- we're here. This is the best experience ever, and I would not trade it for the fucking world.
1: No, not like, at all.
0: No, even no matter, matter how no. bad I felt like initially about the situation and being a single mom, like this right. couldn't have been the most like the situation couldn't have gotten any better. I am just gonna put it like that. Like it's just it's amazing. It's amazing. Like, You just, you never know what your strengths are until you legit have to be responsible for another human being. Yeah. That's just, like, that's how I see it. Like, you just, there is no way.
1: And I don't (laughs) feel like I'm missing out on anything. I thought I would have this huge, huge, like, feeling of FOMO. I do not. I do not. I just feel like, like, I I can't believe I'm, like, one of these, like, you know, women who is, like, all about my baby. Super hyper, like, hyper-independent, both Fenesha and myself, mm-hmm. we we're we we're a very independent woman. Like we we that's I think that's been established, like it's partly how we like recognize each other, right? How we yeah. see each other, we we see that in each other, cause we see it, we have it in ourselves. Sure. But like I cannot believe how like I had this little this little gremlin who's like attached to me and I'm just all like, Well, yeah, of course. Like that's my baby. Of course I want him attached to me. And I, and of course I'm like, I want to spend time with him and I wanna be with him. Like on the other side, this anxiety and depression has been like this whole adventure mm-hmm. with this person who I fucking love and who I just like, I would do, you know, as much anxiety as I have about like having to like, like get into situations where I have to fight for him. I just fucking do it in a heartbeat. Like there's that mama bear inside me. that's ready to like tear someone apart. Who's like, who wants to harm him. Like, you know, and I like a good argument too. So I'm just like, yes, I'm waiting for it. You know, I don't know. This, these are just been, it's been a, it's been a great experience. I just want to reiterate y'all that this, like, the things that you are going to, especially for my mamas who are uh new mamas, whether you just read out the pregnancy on a on a test, on a stick, or you had your baby yesterday, um, you know what, you hang in there. You keep your head up. Um you believe in yourself, be kind to yourself. Ask for help when you need it. And these are just seasons, y'all. These are just seasons that we're going through. And we're gonna get through them.
0: All right, mamas, that is it for this week's episode of the Not Another Mama podcast. Please be sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you are watching on YouTube. If you are listening on your favorite streaming platforms, whether that be Spotify or Apple Podcasts, be sure to follow the podcast there and leave us a review, please. Let us know how we're doing. We really want to know if these episodes are conducive to you and where you are right now, or even if you just like the entertainment factor, child, because we, listen, we, these episodes might be serious, but we really crazy behind the scenes. (laughs) um, (laughs) We laugh a lot, but y'all, y'all, we really do. We laugh a lot. We have fun here, so yes please just let us know how we're doing this is a fairly new podcast so we just want to know like is this helping you let us know what topics you want to talk about child. yes what resonates we'll... with y'all
1: please let us know
0: let us know okay let us know child but with that being said thank you all so much for chiming in and this is Tanisha. and this has been ashley bye y'all i loves